Hey everybody, happy Resurrection Sunday. That's right, I want to say it again, happy Resurrection Sunday. We know what today is about, it's about our Savior and Lord, Jesus Christ, getting up from the grave with all power in his hand. So I just wanted to encourage you today uh, with the Easter message. The spoiler alert is that he got up. I don't even have to wait to try to put that to the end, but, but I want to give you a message that I hope will encourage you uh, on this day, no matter what situation you're going through, no matter how you're experiencing it, I want to share one verse with you. And of course, I want to tell you about the story of Jesus Christ and his miraculous birth, his life, his death, and his resurrection. But I want to give you how it applies to us and how we can use it for today. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to toss them up in the air and repeat after me. This is going to be real good. So put it up real, real high and repeat after me real, real loud. You ready? Today. Come on, say it. Today, the Holy Spirit is about to tell me that he got up. Let's go. That's the shortest declaration of all time, but that's all you need to know is that he got up. And because that is all you need to know, I only have one verse that I want to read to you. I have no points that I want to give to you. I just have a message I need to preach to you. And so if you have your Bibles, go to the gospel according to St. Matthew, chapter 28. The gospel according to St. Matthew, chapter 28. I just want to read the sixth verse. Here's what it says. He isn't here. Ah, I could just end right there. That's just that's just too good. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead just as he said would happen. I love that. I think there should have been some little swag in the voice when that part was saying he is risen from the dead just as he said would happen. Come see where his body was lying. I want to read that last sentence again. Come, come. See where his body was lying. That's good stuff. Listen, uh, if you're taking notes on this message, uh, here's the title. I am not where I was. I'm going to say it again. I am not where I was. Bow your heads. Let's pray over the word, shall we? Holy Spirit, thank you for taking us from where we were to where we are. Amen. Listen, every single Resurrection Sunday, I'm so grateful that I have the opportunity to share the gospel message of Jesus Christ, his miraculous birth, his life, his death, 
his glorious resurrection and ascension. It is literally the foundation of our faith. A faith that, if we're to be honest, in this modern day is oftentimes laughed at, criticized, puts us in positions and feelings of being ostracized. But for those that have confessed him as Lord, he is salvation, he is power, and he is life. Over 4,000 years of prophecy, starting from Genesis chapter number 3, verse 15, when God would declare that the seed of the woman shall bruise the head of the serpent, and he shall bruise his heel. God, speaking to Eve, was literally speaking through Eve. Throughout generation after generation, over 4,000 years, whispering in the ear canal of Mary that had not yet been formed. Here's what I love about God and his word. It is eternal. And it cannot return back void. That he would speak a prophetic word 4,000 years before the fulfillment of it is absolutely amazing to me. That word would travel down through time, through various families, clans, tribes, people, and culminate in a young virgin girl named Mary, who after being overshadowed by the Holy Spirit, was pregnant with the word of God. The eagle eye prophet Isaiah referred to it as his coming, that he would be the word wrapped in flesh to be called Emmanuel, God with us, wrapped in flesh, that God would love us so much that he would not just speak a word, but that he would send his word and that that word would come and live amongst everything that the creator had created. It's simply profound to me. Jesus would grow up in silence for the first 30 years of his life from birth, miraculous, to the time of his culmination being baptized by John, we don't even know anything about those seasons, save a cameo appearance when he's about 12 years old, when he kind of escapes children's ministry and is down at the temple asking questions amongst the temple leaders, the religious leaders of that day. There's something to be said about obscurity. There's something to be said about anonymity. There's something to be said about your character forming in darkness, without people around. Jesus had this time. From birth to the time he was 30 years old, we don't know much about his life. We do know that he was growing into his purpose, his plan, and his destiny. When he's 30 years old, he goes down to the riverbank to be baptized by his cousin John, and he starts his earthly ministry. And what the Gospels tell us 
in all the Gospels, synoptic ones, Matthew, Mark and Luke, and then even in John's Gospel that covers all three and a half years of his earthly ministry. What the Gospels tell us is that the half has not even been told. John actually ends his book by saying uh, uh, this is not all that Jesus did. But if we were to try to describe everything he did to write down everything that he did, we don't think there would be enough books to contain all the miraculous things he did while he was on earth. But we do know that he did some miraculous things. We do know that he did some natural things. We know he did supernatural things. We know that he healed the sick, that, that he raised the dead. We also know that he visited people who were sick, that he had meals with people of ill repute, that he would uh, go to a wedding and turn the water into wine. This God and man in the same space, this God man did amazing things on the earth that only he can get glory for. But we know why he came. It wasn't to do miraculous things. It wasn't to do all of these wonderful things on behalf of just the people around him. No, his his plan was much bigger. His goal was much bigger. He was sent to upset the whole world. And the way he decided to do it is to sacrifice his body on the cross for our sins. Time does not afford me to go back to tell you all of the type and shadows and the manifestations of Old Testament theology that applies to this New Testament expression of Christ. But save it to say, uh, let's just understand that when Christ got on that cross to die for our sins, he was the fulfillment of every sacrifice that had ever been given in the Old Testament. He went to the cross for you. He went to the cross for me. He went to the cross for those you love. He went to the cross for those you hate. He went to the cross for everybody. God's grace was promiscuous. It was indiscriminate. It decided to go up high, hang high, and spill blood very low for the atonement of every single one of our sins. He took that assignment. They hung our master high, stretched him wide. And even with his father forsaking him, he paid for our salvation. He took his last breath. He died on the cross without a bone being broken in his body. As that cross was lowered and those nails were pulled out, his lifeless body was gathered up by Nicodemus was gathered up by Joseph of Arimathea and put in a tomb that Joseph borrowed. And there our Savior laid for three days. This is our gospel message, ladies and gentlemen. This message is what changes the course of human history. Had the story ended right then and there, I would not be preaching to you today. Had the story ended there, we would not be gathering the way that we gather. We would not celebrate this day 
the way that we celebrate it. Had he simply died and stayed dead, there would be no real reason to worship Jesus. Why do we do what we do? Why do we love like we love? Why do we praise like we praise? Why do we commit our lives the way we commit our lives? Is because he got up. He got up from that grave. On the third day, he rose from the dead. This is the declaration of every blood-bought believer in Jesus Christ. He got from that grave, that stone was rolled away, and he showed himself to many people. Many people saw him, and our lives were never the same after that. There, there, there's some things in here uh, uh, that I want you to see, and, and I just want to hone in on that one verse that we read, because when I read it, something just stirred within me to give to you. I'm going to read that verse again. It says that he isn't here. Now, now, here's the thing that's amazing. They all knew where his body was. They all knew where his body was laid. And they went to go see him where they knew he should have been. And the declaration that was given to them when they got to that tomb is that he isn't here. He isn't here? But wait a minute, we left him right there. He died and we buried him right here. How is he not in the place that we buried him? Can I, can I say to you, some of you all have been written off. Some of you all know what it's like to have somebody pronounce death over you and say, this is where you're going to be for the rest of your life. This is who you're going to be for the rest of your life. But let me tell you something. Because we have a resurrected Savior, there can be a resurrected you. He isn't here. And you don't have to be where you were either. He is risen from the dead, the scripture says, just as he said what happened? Let me just give somebody hope today because maybe you find yourself in a tough season of life or maybe you find yourself uh, still battling the, 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 the generational curses of your past or some habits that you had in the past. Let me tell you, when God has a covenant with you, when he speaks his life over you, you do not have to be where you were. And I love what this says. He is risen from the dead just as he said would happen. There are some things that you're going to rise from just as God said would happen. It doesn't matter what anybody else has pronounced over you. It doesn't matter if they've spoken death over you. It doesn't matter if they said you're not going to be anything. If God has said that you are going to be up, you are going to be up just like he said would happen. Uh, see, I love the fact that God gives testimonies to everybody and, and, and these testimonies fly in the face of people that doubted the power of Jesus Christ in our lives. Some of you all need to walk with a little more pep in your step, understanding and knowing that you got up just like he said you would. You broke that generational curse just like he said you would. That You got up out of depression just like he said you would. You got promoted on the job just 
like he said he would. He gives you the power to get up and not stay where you were. Come, see where his body was lying. <laughs> this is so good to me because this statement lets me know that there, there needs to be a physical manifestation of this testimony for God to get glory. It wasn't just enough to say he isn't here. They said, I want you to come look at the spot where he was just so you can have proof that he is not here. I want to tell you something. You are not where you were. I, I don't care what season of life you're in right now. You are not where you were. Just think about where you were, where God has brought you. And, and I want you to, de de to declare this because the testimony of Jesus is the testimony of us. If he got up, we can get up. We can, if he's not up, we, we got up. If he got up, we can get up. If he's up, you're up. If he's not there anymore, you're not there anymore. You've been moved to a new place, seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus for one reason and one reason only. Because he is not where he was. I, I don't know who this message is for, but, but you need to get this down in your spirit real, real deep. You are not where you were. Doesn't matter where you are right now. You're not where you were. I remember giving my life to Christ 24 years ago, and I can tell you every single year of this walk with the Lord has moved me further and further away from where I used to be. If I go back to California right now, my friends could tell you Tim is not where he was. And I'm telling you, you are not where you were. You're progressing. You're moving forward. You're being resurrected. You're being raised up in areas of your life where you used to be really flat on your back. But you're not where you were. And because God got up, he can get you up too. I, I, I love uh, uh, this message uh, because uh, I purposely worded it this way because it really resonated with me. I am not where I was. I'm going to say it again. I am not where I was. Getting good now. I am not where I was. One more time now. I am not where I was. Now, let me tell you the reason why I worded it this way. I am not where I was. That's our declaration. But let me tell you Jesus's declaration. I am not where I was. I'm going to say that again. I am. The I am is not where he was. The I am, the alpha and omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. The I am is not where he was. He is risen. He is risen indeed. He is up for all time. Ascended on a cloud. Seated at the right hand of the Father, daily making intercession for us. Until he cracks the sky and calls us home. 
we are not where we were. Forever shall we be changed when he calls our name and brings us home. Listen, he is risen. He is risen indeed. This is our faith. This is our confession. This is our hope. This is our joy. I'm so grateful that the resurrected Savior is resurrecting me. The resurrected Savior is resurrecting you. You are not where you were. You're on your way to greatness in the presence of our King. Happy Resurrection Sunday. He ain't here. I love you. Peace.